Hey, everyone. Welcome back to High T Hoops. High T Hoops. Thank you, Skylar. It was a little delayed. We, we missed the mark a little bit. That's all right. I'm Brian Boucher at the Duke of Hoops, and I am joined by Skylar. What's up, Duchess? Hello. I'm back here on the pod again to learn with the audience again. I know. I'm Just huge... like with esports last week. <laughs> I'm a huge TikTok guy. You are. Uh, you made your first couple of videos on TikTok. I've been impressed. Any thoughts there? No? Thank okay, you. we'll go Thank into you. it. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, today, we are so <laughs> excited to bring on Jamie Furness, who, you know, Jamie, I, I'm going to call you a British basketball TikTok influencer. You are an influencer. Yeah, you have a very popular I mean, <laughs> TikTok yeah, account. Not many of us. So. <laughs> <laughs> and welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to go into this a little bit. British basketball, mm. TikTok, a bunch of my loves all coming together. So if we just want to kick off, do you just want to give a little bit of a background on yourself and kind of what you do? Yeah, of course. So um, I'm Jamie, I'm, I'm 22 and uh, I study history mainly. That's my uh, that's my first kind of passion, what I want to go forward with. But of course, my, my main love, my, my recreation is basketball. And, um, you know, if, if you're aware of who I am and what I've done, then you know that I kind of put the two together. And recently I've started looking at factors that uh, build into why and how British basketball has developed the way it is. Um, and, yeah, that, that's kind of what I do. That's that's my niche. Yeah, love it. And it's your niche guy. I'm a niche guy. Skylar makes fun of me all the time for that. But that's all <laughs> I'm right. a niche girl. I'm with you, Jamie. I, mm, niche, niche is yeah. just it's yeah. wrong. I know it's wrong. Mm. I can't help it though. I always say niche. But if before we get into the history and the TikTok, you know, we've talked a lot about uh, you know players growing up in the UK playing basketball. So do you just want to go through kind of how you got into playing basketball in the first place in the UK? Yeah, yeah. So it, it's it's a really weird one. I mean, I've always had a vested interest because my my uncle's my absolute idol, and he's always loved basketball. Mm. So I've always had a vested interest. But as a kid growing up in England, as you can imagine, I, I grew up playing football, and um. Mm. It wasn't until about 17 or 18, I used to clean my school's sports hall. And, um, well, they used to give me two hours to do it, and I could get it done in much less than that. And I thought, <laughs> well, I'll start throwing a ball around. And um, I, I went home and I thought, well, I wonder who the tallest player ever was and how good they were in 2K. So I watched, uh, I believe it was Troy then. He did a video on Bowl Bowl. Mm -hmm. And then I thought, okay, <laughs> what about Shortest? So I watched a Muggsy Bogues video. Yep. And then from that, it's been absolutely downhill. I was, um, you know, all throughout my life and, and basketball career, I've been blessed with opportunity. And I started working as a teaching assistant at that school. And um, I was blessed to be able to coach and learn alongside one of my teachers. And then mm -hmm. went to Anglia Ruskin University and I've been um, blessed with opportunity from my coaches and in the institution. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's been a short introduction and, and short career into basketball so far. But of course, uh, I've loved every second of it. So 17, it's so late. Yeah. Uh, it's just, yeah, it, it still is. shocks it me. Is. So what were some of the barriers that you had or what was your exposure before 17 to basketball? Was it always just kind of in the distance as a sport just mm. out there that you're well, not yeah, interested just, in? I, I, think, and I think this is what a lot of people and a, and a lot of young people encounter is that basketball is a sport that you play in PE. And it's a sport that, you know, you go down to a football goal and there's a basketball hoop above it on, on, on the metal ones. <laughs> yep. And I think that's a lot of people's, I think that's a lot of people's, you know, kind of introduction to basketball. It's always, oh, well, we can't play football. What other games are there to play? Well, let's go down to the park and see what it is. And, you know, in my city, there's a couple of basketball hoops. And um, yeah, I, I think before, before 17, kind of my interactions with basketball outside of the London Olympics were very much, oh, well, you know, I've got PE today and, and we're doing basketball. Yeah. Well, I, which shocks me because it's playing football. 
uh, out on a pitch out in the rain and the cold. It's mm. it sounds awful. Basketball's warm. <laughs> it, it's it is. It is. Yeah, but I think therein lies a lot of the issues. Of course, I could go down to any park in in the country, bring any ball, two jumpers, and there you go. Yep. You've got a game. But whereas yep. with basketball, it's 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 such a specific requirement. I mean, yes, you can play on grass with an eight foot basket and and a rim that's square. But of course, that's not that's yep. not the point. Basketball is such a, a fine motor skill game. Not saying that football isn't, but of course, it's a game of such fine margins. To start playing with different apparatus kind of undermines the way that we practice. Yep. Yep, that makes a lot so, of sense. And to yeah. and just for the audience to just kind of solidify your ground on the podcast, what's your BBL team? <laughs> so uh, it's London. Yes, London. I'm li- living in living in Essex and 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 Chelmsford. I'm about half an hour on the train away, and uh, you know what what better arena in the country is there than the Copper Box? box. Yeah, yeah. I, I've had the privilege to to play there once, and um, yeah, it was it was wow. such an experience. Yeah, really yeah. Cool. it was it was amazing. What have uh, you thought of their season so far? Uh, slow, slow. But yeah. of course, I think with the amount of talent that they've brought in. And some of the personalities, of course, DeAndre Lickens and Kevin Ware have played at really high levels in, yep. in the United States. Of course, yep. I, I think coming over to America, and I think a lot of this is, is the attitude. They think possibly that um, it, it's it's a completely different game. And, and maybe they try to play a very specific way. That's a bit more, let's put five great players on the court and see what happens. But of course, you know, we, we see it throughout sporting history. We saw it with um, Leicester in the Premier League, 2011 Mavericks. Yep. It's not always just a case of it's, it's a case of fit, you know, and that's why you see yeah. people like I don't know Newcastle always doing so well, you know, because they had Fab Flournoy playing for them for yeah, seriously twenty years, yeah, and stuff like that. Um, but no, L- London's my uh, BBL team. Are you that active? Before we get into TikTok, you're that active on Twitter. Mm. Have you seen the Kevin Ware Tom Bonnet beef? I have, yeah, I have <laughs> yes. seen Kevin. Ware. I also saw Kevin Ware say that he's going to retire at the end of this year. What? He said that on he Twitter. Tweeted- Okay, a few weeks ago, and I don't know if it's him just tweeting and, and doing that, but he said something like, yeah, this is definitely my last year playing ball. That um, man is just so no. bored in lockdown. He is just trolling. <laughs> I, yeah. yeah. I want to see more Kevin Ware. Yeah, that's that might be a pandemic yeah. frustration tweet. Like, this is the yeah. last COVID test yeah, I'm going to exactly. go through. <laughs> yeah. Kevin, if you're listening, which we know you are, right? Because We know you tune in every week. <laughs> Keep playing. Mm. We, we love playing you. Yeah. Jamie, I'd love to hear more yeah. about what made you want to actually study sports history. Cause I, I took a sports history class in uni and I was amazed yeah. by how much, like, I think I went into it excited, but I definitely didn't really understand like the can of worms I was opening and like how deep 100%. you can go in sports history mm, and yeah. sports politics and stuff. So what made you want to originally want to study sports history? Well, you know, can of worms is entirely the right phrase of course yeah. i think the answer for me has has three parts so first of all history and I, I i chose history because i think a lot of people perceive history as the art of recalling dates and listing battles and listing kings but of course it's not that history is is the history of the mm-hmm. people the things that people like you know us three decide to do um it's it's looking at culture it's looking at music and um so, so history for me is, is also the art of debating and the art of arguing. And that's so beautiful is, is to be able to create a thousand words really detailing why you're passionate about something, why you believe mm-hmm. X instead of Y. And, it, you know, it, it's history for me isn't just, oh, well, this battle happened in, in that day. So secondly, I guess why sports history? Well, sport is my passion. 
you know, any sport I'll, I'll get behind. History is my passion. Makes sense to put the two together, doesn't it? Yeah. And, um, you know, thirdly, I think there's a lot of stigma behind history. As I say, there's, there's a stigma behind what a historian does, what they say, what they look like. And everyone I talk to, it seems like I do a sports science. And, you know, that's understandable. You know, I'm always in gym, always talk about basketball. Um, and whenever I talk about what I'm going to do my dissertation on, what fascinates me even within history the bigger topic of history mm-hmm. it, it's not really what is seen as, as typical whenever i talk to people and they go oh again you know, i i love history i love learning about the wars and brilliant fantastic that's such mm-hmm. a important and vital topic to learn about but of course there's so much more to history mm-hmm. and um i think sports history really epitomizes that because no one really understands it the amount of times i've been asked well what is sports history is it not just oh in 1979 mm-hmm. x and y one that but of course it's not it's 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 a reflection of society it's a reflection of culture reflection of politics it's it's so many different things and they're all so important so for me that's why I I I chose sports history because it kind of epitomizes everything I love about my craft and and my two Mm -hmm. passions yeah it's interesting like the way we see um you know political and economic and all of these different um events happening through sports like say say all of the teams uh, boycotting a game uh, because of the racial injustice in the US. It's like that has been happening for the history of sports. And so to really dig into how everything has, like how how even just the game of basketball has been shaped by politics for a hundred years is it's really crazy to get into i'm honestly so jealous that you're just spending so much time studying this just had to get all that (laughs) yeah it's it's yeah it's well it's you know as i say i'm grateful and blessed for the opportunities that i have but you're entirely right you know i I listened to a lot of bill simmons and uh he he spoke about his time with um bill russell and of course Mm. bill russell despite being the the face of, of boston basketball for a long time he suffered such racial injustices whilst living in boston and um you know as you say it's not just the big events like that if if you went to go and watch uh england play football before the game 95 percent of the crowd stand up and they sing a song about the queen and about god Mm -hmm. now of course that that's that's a british tradition and that's fantastic but of course that tells you a lot about the state that britain britain is you know, how we view religion, how we view the monarchy. And that's before the game's even begun. Yeah. You, you know, there, there's there's so much um, implicit information in the way that we operate within sports. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a fascinating topic. And, you know, what made you actually choose British basketball as your focus? Well, I mean, again, you know, it's, it's my passions. But at first it was a bit of a dream because, of course, I thought there's, there's no academia on this. I can't name any books off the top of my head i can't name any articles yeah. really it's, it's been hard for us to research it too it's it's a yeah, hard exactly. topic it's almost like exactly. sam nita from hoops fix is like where i learn everything from his interviews with different yeah. people in the british yeah. basketball community well there's there's some fantastic books i can i can recommend you on on the topic but so i i kind of i i went to my uh to my lecturers and my tutors i said look this is what i want to do mm-hmm. what do you think and first of all they said well fantastic that that's um niche or niche enough for you that that's perfect niche, that's what yeah. we're looking for yeah lovely niche. and um and uh, i feel like there's a podcast in that just describing yeah. niche or niche but um <laughs> so i went to them i said what can i do and they said okay well let's not focus on direct academia let's have a look at stuff that influences the growth of british basketball so let's look at inner city culture 
let's look at what people do in it in the cities the way that sport develops community so darcy frey mm-hmm. wrote the last shot which follows lincoln high school and uh stefan marbury as they were coming up and it's a very yeah. fly on the wall document you know book and i don't know if you're familiar with it but the the crux of it is that many people in, in section eight in coney island see basketball as a form of social mobility mm-hmm. this is their way out of this situation this is the way to get out the city to get a degree even if they sit on the bench for four years They've mm-hmm. got a degree at the end of it, and that that's the way forward. Whereas in in, in Britain, I, I've discovered that it's more it's more music typically or football. Um, mm-hmm. Well, in your so TikTok, thinking, um, in your TikTok, yeah, you I, I this, you mentioned it, yeah. Detroit, where Skylar's from, the Flint area, Detroit area. There and you, you know, go. Yeah, Skylar, is this does this resonate with you? Yeah, absolutely. I think growing up, sports was the biggest ticket out of that area for I think especially for men of color and women of color but yeah it it doesn't it doesn't seem like that's even really a consideration when it comes to basketball in the UK no no and I'm not sure yet whether that's a thing with sports in the UK or or basketball in the UK more more generally um I think it would be would be sport because the university path is uh I in my understanding a bit more common here than in the United States I think a lot more pe- uh, a lot more young people decide to go to university or feel like they should and um mm-hmm. I, I think that's that's a big part of it but with regards to why British basketball for the dissertation I started looking at this this wider um academia I started noting how sport helps develop community you know mm-hmm. in, in the Netherlands they don't really play basketball they play corfball which is a very specific, what? you know, it, I've seen them. Yeah. What, it's, what is it? I, I don't want to do it. Corfball, K-O-R-F-B-A-O-L. I don't want to be, okay. a disser- uh, I don't want to do a disservice to the sport by describing it wrong, but I think it's like basketball on grass with four baskets and specific rules. It's, Whoa. yeah. And then, this and then you have, I need yeah, to play this. I know. <laughs> it and sounds then, like the end of a Spurs in, practice, in Island, Skylar. Or Spurs training <laughs> when they're on the grass playing. I've basketball. seen those, yeah, yeah. I've seen those ones. And um in, in, in Ireland they play Gaelic football. And these are all really specific things. So I could start thinking about, okay, well, maybe the reason that it hasn't grown in England is because it's seen as American. Maybe it's just an entirely American thing. And um, yeah, so I started looking at some of the wider um academia and I, and again I've been blessed to to be surrounded with people that know a lot about the game that are involved with the game at different levels you're in, get involved with the game at certain levels I know players I know coaches and everyone has a, a different perspective on it and it's been able to create a really rich bank of information for me to build off of yeah mm-hmm. and before we launch into TikTok stuff Skylar because Skylar has some great TikTok questions for you um on that point like I think <laughs> the the lack of like you're like you're saying the lack of role models you know, there's there's uh, Luol Deng, who's an all-star in the NBA yes. from the UK. Mm. Uh, we have OG Ananobi. And even though he was only in London for yeah. a year, he still represents the UK. Um, where yeah. Skylar, you know, there is uh, Kyle Kuzma is from Skylar's neighborhood. Like it's yeah. there's a direct yeah. like, oh, Kyle Kuzma's in the league. He's a champion. And that's like one of six in the league right now. That's from my area. Yeah. So it's just, oh, that is yeah. a path that I can take because a lot of people in this area do it. Where in the UK, they're still just like Yao Ming coming over from China, just like, you know, with Serbia, with Jokic. And there's there's these role models in these other countries that the UK doesn't quite have yet. And, you know, are there any players that kind of catch your eye where you're like, OK, I think they can make the league like the Cam Hildreth type, anyone that you're really excited about? 
Um, I think Cam at the moment. I think he's a uh, you know he's the name on everyone's on everyone's lips. Um, um, I think Cavell Bigby Williams keeps moving in the right circles. Of course, he was mm. with the Pelicans last year. He was on on G League circuits. Um, I think they're they're the big two. They're the big two because of course you know Cavell's there. Then then you have like uh, people coming up through through the Ipswich Academy is always providing. Yep great talent um you have esther little coming up through ipswich and i mean she's going to gonzaga next year i think she yeah. has a real chance of making making the league mm-hmm. um and yeah i i think that there's a there's a lot of players that they just look they just need the right sort of opportunity to fall yeah. at their feet don't they 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 need the the right game to be on tv you know veronese uh, at barking abbey i believe I, I could be wrong uh matt marsh seven foot tall they, they all just need an opportunity yeah, yeah. And what made you start um, kind of using your TikTok as a way to talk about British basketball? Were you on TikTok before this? Did you start the TikTok just for this reason? What made you choose uh, TikTok as your main platform? Run us through how this kind of got started. Yeah, well, it's, it's again, it was a bit of a mistake. It was, it was an accident. Um, started using <laughs> TikTok what, last October when everyone just got into it. Um, mm-hmm made the odd video here and there then i met uh, i thought well i know basketball i know how to play basketball i made a couple of like more comedy based basketball ones um then i made problems uk basketball players face yep and that's the, that's the viral yeah, one that's the one I that was that was the one that was the first one yeah and then it everything just kind of the ball started going downhill people started asking me questions i thought i know the answer to that question mm-hmm. i like helping it's 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 a form of coaching um and people kept asking me questions and it kept getting more and more popular and I started getting more questions. And then, you know, now it's the 5th of January and here we are talking about it. That's how it happened, really. Yeah, it you was really funny. Yeah, you found your niche. Yeah, there we it's, go. It's, yeah. I fa- I, it was really funny, Skylar. The first ones I listened to was, I think it was, you know, peak pandemic lockdown where you're yeah. walking. Yeah. Or you're like problems UK ballers face, and you're like, don't worry, I'm on my one <laughs> designated yeah, walk government a day, mandated government mandated yeah. walk the a day. Hoodie. Don't get yeah, mad at me on my one. Exactly. Mm. Um, and so when you're kind of producing these TikToks, I think the reply feature in TikTok is really powerful because you're right. You'll yes, you post the problems UK hoopers face, and then the comment section fills with people who maybe haven't been able to connect with that basketball community in the UK and see that yeah. as an opportunity to ask questions, to empathize. And you basically in TikTok, if you don't, if you haven't used it yet, um, you can grab that comment and then you can have Comments, it as yeah. kind of a reply oh, where favorite. you can do a video yeah. and you've engaged. Yeah. And that's basically your TikToks. So like a big portion of your TikTok is just responding and answering questions, mm. just like you're saying, which I, I love that yeah. part of the engaging the community on it. Now, I do have a confession on that one is because recently there's very specific questions that I want to answer. So <laughs> I asked some of my friends to comment specific things. Yes. No shame in that. I make Skylar do that all the time. No, of course. He makes me do but it I, constantly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. But I think, they're, I think they're important questions that need to be answered. And they're the questions that I can answer. I don't feel comfortable. Yeah. I get a lot, lot of comments saying, I'm 14, this height, this weight, played at this level. How do I make the league? I don't feel I'm not. Uh, well, I'm a level one coach, but I'm not an experienced basketball coach. I don't feel comfortable saying, well, you I've never seen you play, but you need to work on your handle. Yeah. Stuff like yeah. that. But I know what I can answer and um and I like doing it. So yeah. I you know, we get those questions sometimes. It's like, first of all, 
you're not making the league. No one makes the league. It's like five players yeah. every year that gets going. It's one of the most exclusive communities in the world. So it's almost building you yep. know, basketball culture. What are your actual yeah. goals to accomplish? Um, you know, whether that's through college or getting a degree or, you know, playing in a, a league like the BBL where being a professional athlete is an extremely valuable yeah. thing to do professionally. Yeah. Um, but before we kind of dive into just a ton of TikTok questions, um, one of my favorite parts of your TikTok is that you actually do talk about the kind of different periods of British basketball. And we hear a lot about the nineties and the early two thousands is the heyday. Mm. What do yeah. you think are kind of the different eras that you found in your studies of British basketball? And then my follow-up mm. question to prep is like, what era do you think we're in now? <laughs> so I think the eighties is where you have to start because mm -hmm. the eighties um, you have a lot of big players coming over and, and in the eighties, a lot of the American players were players playing out of American Air Force bases. Um, so, for instance, there's one in Milden Hall up near me in Cambridge. Um, they're all over the country. So the 80s, you kind of have lots of great players. And there's a, uh, a great Facebook group called British Basketball History or something like that. Mm -hmm. And there's um, everyone almost talks about how great the 80s and 90s were. And uh, there, there's a great book about Brunel basketball, uh, obviously the University in London, um, about how great they were in the 80s. So you kind of have, have the 80s as their own isolated thing where mm -hmm. it's um, it's kind of like how you identify grassroots basketball. A lot of the anecdotes from the book are, well, we had seven players turn up, the bus was late, yeah, two of the players yeah. were hung over, we turned up, there was no kit. Um, the owner and, and plays then, and is the coach. Yeah, exactly. You know, Bob Hope yeah, talks a lot exactly. about that, the old commercial director of the BBL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you go, yeah, well, the refs completely did something. Or like they'll be exploiting rules. Like, well, the refs made an awful decision. But if you can't find the commissioner, then you can't contest it. So they like took the commissioner away and, and stuff like that. And and then you have the 90s. And then you, you kind of have like Nigel Lloyd coming through, who's who's um, now commentating with Darren Paul down, at, down in London. And um, yep. used to coach London, of course. And um you have the 90s where they started putting it on Sky too. And the production of it was really good. A lot of them are on YouTube yep. now. Um, that's mm -hmm. that's really fun watching some of the finals there. And the 90s kind of serve as their, their own sort of kind of, it kind of, kind of 2010s the NBA in the sense that it's everything is British basketball. It's, it's amazing. It's, it's high octane, yep. all this. And it's, you know, and, and the game had changed. It got more athletic. You, you know, you're seeing um, great players come through. Then the two thousands, you see, kind of like in the NBA, you see a dearth in talent. Um, yeah, it's interesting. And there's a hundred and one leagues. Yeah, it is, and there's a hundred and one reasons for that. And you know, I'm I'm not knowledgeable enough to explain them all. Um, it could be something to do with financing. It could just be to do with the way that the league was financed. But of course, you have teams moving around. If you go onto London Lions Wikipedia page or London Towers, you see that they've had ten different names, ten different locations. Yeah. They lost um, the and it's TV really deal. Yeah. 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 Thousands. It's really down to Vince McCauley that the team's still thriving as they are today. You know, he bought yep. them, moved them to Milton Keynes, um, coached them. Um, where where are we now? I think this is a really good position for British basketball. Now getting mm -hmm. the TV uh, deal back, um, you have some good players, of course. <laughs> you have Ovi Soko going on Love Island, which did a yes. lot for the, you know, as much as you want to joke and laugh about it, it did a lot for the game. No, there's you know? a big I'm Love joking here. Yes. We are not making jokes <laughs> at Ovi's expense here. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And now he's playing uh, for Le Mans, yeah, I believe. Um, yep. And, uh, yeah, so I, th I think the league's in, in a good place. You have um, 
Justin Robinson, who is the quote unquote face of the league, uh, local. And, you know, th- this is something I was going to mention a bit later, but there's something of the Steph Curry about Justin Robinson in the sense that, you know, if you grew up as Gen Z watching the NBA in the 2010s, you're in a, such an amazing position because you're watching one of the arguably two or three greatest players ever in LeBron, six foot nine, can dunk from anywhere on the court. And you're watching Steph Curry about my height and yep. shoots freeze in an exceptional clip. Now, What's so significant about that? Not everyone can dunk. Not everyone can dunk. I'm, I'm grateful enough I can barely dunk. Mm-hmm. But everyone can hit a free. Give, give me a thousand tries. Everyone in the world will hit a free. And that makes the game so relatable and mm-hmm. so accessible. You know, Not everyone could go, oh, well, I, I, want to, I want to be like LeBron. I'm just going to take off from four steps away from the basket yeah. and you know, put my arm in the room. I'm not Vince Carter. <laughs> But Justin Robinson is very much of, of the mould of Steph Curry. Short playmakers. I've met Justin Robinson. He's a lovely fella, but he's shorter than me. And I'm 6'2 on a good day. And <laughs> he, he shoots threes. He shoots threes. And that's yep. very relatable. From Brixton, um, speak, he speaks about his relationship with Jimmy Rogers uh, a lot. And Jimmy Rogers is so significant. If you've read anything about the history yep. of the game, you know the name Jimmy Rogers and how important he is. And um, he, he's so relatable. And of course... Where people now say Curry, I imagine people said Kobe when when you two were in school. Mm-hmm. Of course, working in a school, I, I saw a lot of it. Everyone's emulating Steph Curry now, but no one's em, not no one's emulating LeBron. But not because they hate him, but they can't. How They're do you emulate LeBron? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot so of sense. So I think it. that that's that's kind of like I think that's the era we're in. We're kind of in the. 2014 NBA kind of era where there's a lot of talent in the league now. There's no denying that. A lot of good imports. And um, we, we do have some really uh, good role models and, and player models to, to look to. Yeah. How has it been building a community of hoopers on TikTok? Did you find that this was something that people were thirsting for when you first started? <laughs> well, you know, it's the first time I've used the word, uh, I've heard the word community used. Um, but of course, it's it, it's fascinating because I, I don't think there was much of an appetite for it until you realise in yourself. It's you know, as as we as we were saying, it a lot of questions were asked, and that's what I've what I've kind of fed from. But of course, to be included in, in the community, I think the British basketball community is such a such a good one because, of course, without people like yourselves, without Will at BBL Fix, uh, Rebound on Twitter, Darren yeah. Paul, Marcel at BBL Lab, you know, the community won't be where, and, and there's others, I am forgetting them, uh, but the community yeah. won't be where it is now. And we all serve very individual purposes. Of course, you, you kind of have the the mass media outlet. Um, BBL Fix it is your, you know, your, uh, no, uh, your house of highlights. Highlights, British yep, basketball. Yep, your highlights, yeah, your coverage. yeah. yeah. Re- rebound is, is your numbers guy Darren Paul what he doesn't know about basketball isn't worth knowing um he's a lovely guy too at, operating out of Cambridge yeah, Darren's great um oh I love it yeah um Marcel at BBL lab he's doing similar things to BBL fix and and, and rebound and yeah he's our arch nemesis so, though he his, yeah, well, his course, slander on Twitter against the Lions yeah. and the Giants are gonna win you love to see it oh uh, he goes on about the the, the Giants so much I know um, but <laughs> we of course, just you know, that, that's the, the kind Giants. of passion that we love Yep. Yeah, yep. that's the kind of passion that we love. And um, so 
you know, building a community, of course, it's kind of like adding an extra arm to the body of, of the British basketball community. Everyone within British basketball, whether they know it or not, is part of this community. You will play into mm-hmm. it. You'll literally play it, consume it, ask questions about it, watch it. So to bring it across to TikTok, and of course, you know, the, the videos are shared onto Twitter and Instagram and making it accessible. You know, uh, Cam Hildreth shared one where I made a joke about him. It, it It's been easy in the sense that, again, kind of somewhat selfishly i have no competition not really Mm -hmm. you know the the next biggest british basketball page is um bristol flyers with two thousand followers or something like that um yeah of course you're up there um (laughs) the duchess of hoops uh, making a comeback yeah bbl labs you're not in it yet The competition's um, right here, Jamie. We're scouting you out. That's what this podcast is about. (laughs) 100%. You're trying to get the inside track. Exactly. Um, Yeah. But for for me, it's it's been easy because I've been able to talk about what I love and talk freely. Um, And people have been fortunate enough to enjoy listening to my monotone voice and, and, and enjoy the content that I'm putting out. So for me, it's been easy. I mean, it's still amazing when I, you know, I'm, I'm at a court and a 14 year old will come up to me and go, you're the guy of TikTok, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, I am. <laughs> you actually get called out on courts? Yeah, it's, it's happened six, seven times now. Yeah. Um, of course, it puts a lot of pressure on, you know. It's like when Kevin Durant <laughs> went to Rucker Park, of course. Or something like that. Exactly like that. Um, yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Similar levels of production from he and I, too. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's it, it's been it's been amazing to be able to associate myself with um, British basketball, basketball England, the BBL, and all of these, you know, institutions because yeah. at the end of the day, I'm I'm just a, a fan sat in front of a camera talking about something I'm passionate about and people want to see that. Yeah. yeah. And we hear a lot, you know, that actually the last dance coming out early in the pandemic kind mm. of brought back that nostalgia for basketball in the UK and kind of mm. added more. And especially with 2K coming out and a lot of the energy around esports has yeah. made Gen Z uh, much more interested in basketball in the UK. And TikTok is not just for Gen Z. There's all different age groups. There's like, you know, it's typically perceived as just for kids, but it's it's all over the place now. But sure. how do you think, yeah. j- have you seen a shift in how the younger generations have perceived basketball in the UK? I think it's, it's, a, it's a difficult one to answer because as we were saying, it's a great period to be getting into basketball uh, for Britain and, and the NBA. And I, I know a lot of people that play 2K, that aren't particularly into basketball. Mm-hmm. And we spoke about, you know, how accessible the game is for people, how, how hard it is to play, but how fun it is to, <laughs> to emulate. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think the last dance, of course, it makes you realize um, the, the, the depth of the game. Like what we're saying with sports history, it isn't a case of Michael Jordan stepped on a court, walked off it an hour and a half later with 30 points in a championship. There was, you know, the, the culture of the team There was trying to stop Rodman from, Rodmaning, there was you know trying to keep Scotty Pippen happy. There was you know arguing with Jerry Krause. There was all of this. Um, so I think Rodman, BBL Gen player, Z, yeah, Brighton, yep. For and a couple do games, you know, right? Do you know who is? Yeah, do you know who his coach was when he was no. playing for Brighton? It no. was Nick Nurse. What Nick oh, Nurse coached wait. Dennis Rodman in the BBL? I'm I'm ninety five percent sure. Like okay, you, we you need can, to check you that. Can then, tell me I'm wrong. Yeah, needs to be a documentary. It, Nick Nurse owns Brighton played for Birmingham, coached Leicester. There's p- pictures of him up in, in Leicester's uh, corridors. He coached, um, yeah, he coached in in England a long time. I heard that he, Rodman yeah. like showed up, hung over, 
got like 27 yeah. rebounds and then that was like and then he played one more Five game points. and it was done he was like i'm out <laughs> yeah i i i have a brighton jersey from that season it's uh yeah he must have got paid a lot of money but of course before the last dance paddy power the betting company did a documentary of dennis robin where he went to north korea um that was interesting to, to say the least as you can imagine um but yeah so it's, it's a tricky one you know looking at how Gen Z perceives basketball, especially in the UK, because I think a lot of that was covered when we were saying they see it as a game that you play in PE. You see yep. it as, oh, it's raining. We can't really play football. Guess we'll play basketball. Um, and quite truthfully and sadly, it, it would always be an American sport and always be in the shadow of football, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, it's sadly for me because I enjoy it, of course, but football is such an amazing sport and I, lo- I love love the game. But it would always be in that shadow and always be second to it. And I think that's the way it's perceived as, as, as a backup. Yeah. I think that's okay. If you're second to the premier league, I think that's okay. That's a good spot to (laughs) take that. I don't think anyone's thinking let's take over football. Let's take over the premier league. Um, You mentioned that in your head, it has to be, doesn't it? To, for it to grow, you you have to put it first. Yeah. Yeah. That's your big challenge. Well, even in the States, like the NFL is a lot bigger than the NBA. Oh yeah. they, They got Christmas day ratings. Yeah, NBA well, ratings are down. I mean, ratings are down all over the board, but yeah, it's still yeah. number two to the NFL. NFL is the cult following, just like it is in uh, you know the Premier League. But yeah. basketball yeah. is is more of that younger audience, which it seems like basketball could be in the UK as well. Maybe it's just that that younger up and coming audience. Well, that that's entirely it. That's the thing. It's it's young intervention. You know, mm-hmm. if if you want to build a culture of basketball in the UK, you have to start playing before you're 11. You look at every yeah. football player, you know, they say, oh, you know, I've been playing since I was four. As soon as I could walk, I was kicking a ball. Dad put a ball yeah. at my feet. Mm-hmm. Same with basketball. You know, how can we have talented basketball players that are going up against, I don't know, take JJ Redick, who, you know, I love the old man in the free. What a podcast. Yeah. He, he played, he has shot millions of shots in his lifetime. Yeah. And hundreds of thousands of would have, hundreds and thousands of those would have been on his driveway at home before the age of 10 yep you know yeah. how can we compete with that and so that that's that's the key there that's how we, we need to change the culture i guess yeah yeah you mentioned that uh british basketball tiktok is not super populated right now mm. um how can british basketball teams and players how can they take better advantage of tiktok do you think um i think it's the same way that you would utilize utilize instagram everyone wants to see highlights everyone wants to see highlights put your highlights on there um one minute interviews that that'd be such a fascinating way to get into it you know yeah five 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 quick hit questions all the smoke for instance um stephen jackson and and matt barnes they do their quick hitters which is like a five dinner guests dead or alive and stuff like that just stuff that is easily accessible easily easy to consume um yeah, I, I think that that sort of stuff, because what can you do as, as a team other than put your highlights out there, little adverts? I mean, the more content you have out there, the more views you're going to get, the more clicks you're going to get. Even if you think, OK, I've put 10 minutes into this video and, and it's not a good one. Mm-hmm. People are going to see it. You know? yeah. So I, I think that that's the way forward for me. Yeah, the Flyers were pretty early on. They had one of the bigger ones yeah, when they I were. first started. Yeah, and it, you, I've seen a lot more BBL teams join now. Like the Lions just started mm. theirs, and they have some pretty good yeah. quality content. So it's good to see BBL yeah. teams starting to use it more. I'm excited to see that growth because yeah. I think it's a powerful way to reach that audience. Mm. I, I will take secondhand, you know, bl- uh, 
blame credit for the Lions because they put one of my TikToks on their story about Justin Robinson. Then they yeah, got a TikTok the Steph Curry account. Comparison? I'm not saying it's my. Yeah, that was the one. Yeah, yeah. I want to do more of those, but of course, it, it it's a tricky one. Without <laughs> it's a tricky one. Offending people. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Without saying, yeah, Kevin Achara has really got a bit of the Dalton Nowitzki about him, you know, and stuff <laughs> like that. But yeah. Switching gears a little bit. Mm. What do you think are the best jerseys in the BBL right now? Right now. I took a lot of heat the other day. We've been on the BBL mm. podcast and I I got asked this question and I I just was being a Scorcher supporter and I just said I'm I'm going to say it's my team. I'm going to say it's the Scorchers. Yeah. And I took a yeah. lot of heat for that. So wh- what do you think um, are the best jerseys in the BBL right now? I've always been a fan of Worcester. Worcester's last okay. season. Um, now there's a guy from Chelmsford called Daniel Johnson Thompson playing for Worcester, oh, and he, we he's, love him. He's a lovely we guy. Love him. Yeah, he's a really lovely guy. I was in the gym with him once, and I've never felt more insignificant doing box jumps next to <laughs> six foot six Daniel Johnson Thompson. Seriously, um, yeah, and um, I loved Worcester's from last year. Um, Leicester, you know, classic, Leicester's classic, is classic. so good. Like just the I'm, way that it sits yeah. on the body, the color scheme, it just like the pops font. on the court. It's mm. so nice. I'm what do you think of London's? Because I kind of enjoy it. It's very plain, but I do enjoy yeah. it. Skylar, you're I the you're the fit queen. Plain. Yeah, I think yeah. they're plain, but I think they're crispy. I like them a lot. Yeah. I think they yeah. they just Same look clean Newcastle. and nice. Yeah. Yeah. I think Newcastle are doing the right thing too by kind of mirroring Newcastle United football club and, and the, the black and white stripes there. Because yep. back in the eighties, Manchester United used to have a basketball team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was part of that club, and, um, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Franchised as part of Man United. Um, but yeah, Newcastle. Um, but if I had to pick one that I loved and, and one that I you know, hated, well, I don't, but dislike, I would go, I, I love Worcester. I'm not a fan of Plymouth. Okay. Um, I think because they're, they're going under a bit of a rebrand, if, if I'm aware. Not a Foxy um, fan? I'm not. It's the green. I just don't think, <laughs> I just don't think it suits. You know, I, I think if you're going to go for a color that like the green where it's very distinctive very bold you have to do a lot less with it you have to have you know thick white piping or something and just something yeah. that this is here it's distinct we don't have a lot going on the the you know with leicester you can say okay well the the dark red to light red gradient that's the thing to look at whereas with the green you have to go look it's a garish green this is what you're looking at <laughs> this is the the focus point Paul Nicholson, I am so sorry. It just seems like every <laughs> podcast he's he was on, he was one of our guests, friend of the pod. He is, uh, you know, he's works for the Plymouth Raiders, coaching at the academy yeah. and commenter. And it seems like Skylar, every podcast we don't mean to, but we insult the Raiders somehow, or somehow we like it's, the last episode too. It's completely uh, unintentional. Paul, I we love say. you. We're sorry. We support the Raiders. But look, here's here's know. what I say. Yeah, here's what I say <laughs> about Plymouth is, is you have to give them a lot of credit because. For someone like Plymouth to attract players, if you're an American, do you want to play in London or do you want to play in Plymouth? And of course, that's where I think, yeah, exactly. And I think that's where the university system really works. Having these, Mm -hmm. you know, Plymouth Margin University uh, working with the team, I think that really, really does work well. Um, I think that that system's system's great. And of course, you have to credit Plymouth, you know, that they've had some exceptional players there over the time. Josh Wilshire, Rashad Hassan, I mean, Ashley Hamilton so, and Andrew yeah. Lawrence is coming back yeah. from, from injury, hopefully soon, yeah. but yeah, they have LB some exciting players there now. Yep. Yeah. Deuce I love LVC. He's a great player. Yeah. We love the Raiders. Essex last year. 
Mm. Oh, really? Yeah, well, when London City went uh, went under, uh, Ashley yep. Hamilton and LVC signed for Essex. Um, they're not a team anymore. They went in with uh, Oakland Wolves. Um, but their their coach, Tom Baker, uh, coached me to be a coach. He did my coaching course. So, mm-hmm. And that's the thing about British basketball is everyone knows everyone. everyone yeah, exactly. Knows everyone. Small right. community. That's our, that's our mm. safe, nice things about the Plymouth Raiders segment for Paul Nicholson. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, we roast you on every pod. We did not plant Jamie with that response, by the way, Paul. No, <laughs> no. I did look. Look at the end of the day. I know art students. If I only take a small commission, like 30 <laughs> percent, just figure it out. Yep, yep, definitely. Um, okay, let's end the pod with a very difficult mm. question and a very broad question. But if you were in charge of British basketball, you're the the chancellor, the king, you are the one that is in total control. Or what is yeah. the what does Bill Simmons say? The czar of sport. Um, you're the czar yeah. <laughs> of British basketball. Uh, what would be some of your top strategies to help grow the game in the UK? So culture is key. I've alluded to it before in the pod. Culture is key. We need to change the culture. And of course, in Britain, that's such an uphill task. And of course, you know, I'm gonna sound like I'm talking negatively about the sports we have in Britain, but I'm not. In, in Britain, if, if we look at the sports that are, that are biggest, I would say football, rugby and cricket. Now, if, if you look at those three sports, they're all played on grass and you don't really need a lot to play them. Mm-hmm. You know, we said it with football, with rugby, you need, you know, a line you're playing to and you don't need to use a ovular ball. You can get away with it. it. You know, OK, cricket seems like the outlier. Well, in primary school, I was playing on a field with a bin, a tennis ball and, you know, a bat. Yep. You know, it, yep. it, 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 weren't, it weren't a lot. Um. And basketball, as we said, you know, it requires this kind of specific apparatus. I think for it to grow, you need success because in Britain, we're very patriotic with our sport. And um, before the 2012 Olympics, no one knew who Greg Rutherford was, let alone what he competed in. And of course, I imagine some people still don't know. But after 2012, a lot of people knew Greg Rutherford, the tall ginger long jumper. Now, of course, <laughs> what, why? Why? He won gold. He, he, he did something for the, for the country. I think mm-hmm. if we was to have Olympic success, that's on the biggest sporting scene in the world. And it's shown what basketball can do for the country mm-hmm. and not what the country can do for basketball. And of course, that's where that return investment comes. Matt yeah. Harbour, who's the head coach of my program, he, he said in a coaching seminar, basketball is a return investment. We coach to hope that people that we coach would then put that same effort in and coach people there. And I think that return investment is is needed with on the elite scale. I think to be seen, you know, Lul Deng has has done it perfectly with Deng Camp, with, you know, the yep. ambassador work that he does. If we was to have, you know, uh, say Cam Hildreth becomes an all-star, hypothetically, I think that would go a long way to changing the culture because we have someone representing Britain that, you know, Cam Hildreth is 6'4", six, 6'3". Six, He's not yeah. particularly tall. Again, a very accessible sort of frame look. He looks quite similar to myself. We're not special. <laughs> you know, we're not a, a seven foot one phenom. We're, we're not Kevin Durant, who's seven foot, plays like a guard, can yep. shoot from anywhere on the floor. So I think to, to try and keep it succinct, how, how do we kind of like grow basketball? Well, we need to change the culture. How do we change the culture? We need to show the people and show the government and show the governing bodies that basketball can do a lot for people. Now, of course, you know, I imagine you don't need me to tell you that if you was to go to, you know, um, uh, anywhere in Tower Hamlets or, you know, 
Brixton for Jimmy Rogers example basketball mm. is is vital to children it's it's vital to the way that we eat the way that we sleep the way that we we live our lives mm. and if we was to able to grow that and and show that there is so much to be gained from this sport with regards to youth centers and keeping people off streets and keeping people healthy because of course britain is is regarded as an obese nation now i i think that would be a great way to grow the nation is to really show that this culture is is a special one for basketball and um yeah we can do a lot for it and it can do a lot for us that's an incredible answer Thank you. Thank you. That's, that's such a broad it. question that's so hard to answer and very well said. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Thank you very much. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people find you? Where should they follow you? Anything to plug? Yeah. Um, my, my TikTok, my TikTok is just my name, Jamie Furness. Um, my, my Instagram is JME underscore Furness, like, like the rapper JME. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if, if, if you, if you want, to do something for me and and you want to play go on to basketball england club finder because i get this a lot where can i play the club finder that's mm-hmm. that's where it is if you know if what what will i plug go buy a basketball go play basketball that's that's what i employ you to do go make yep. friends with it go start what you know so many people before us that have, have, have or go finish or continue whatever people have started yeah Thank you so much, Jamie. Appreciate it. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you for having me. Thank you. It's my pleasure.